Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's from Tibbles, how are you? Hello. Hello. Are we good? How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. Just doing my thing. What have you been up to? What's been the what's a what's a day in the life like for the pair of you? Um pretty mundane if there's yeah. there's no shows, coffee, biscuits. I saw you twelve hours ago at a Japanese house show. What did you make of that? It was very, very good. I enjoyed it. Didn't like that she brought her bass player as a support act, but I'll leave that there. Don't tell Gregor, you'll get yeah. <laughs> I was thinking last night actually when we were watching the Japanese house, what was that, 800 cap venue? 800 cap, yeah. I was thinking, because you were obviously standing next to myself, that the pair of you have played in a 13,000 cap venue. Which oh, is yeah. quite, a, <laughs> quite a jump. We, we found out that we were playing the 13,000 cap venue when we were playing a 100 cap basement. So Where were you playing when you found out? In, in Liverpool. Um, sound it's called yeah and it was a leaky basement it was actually the it was leaking <laughs> and it was like the show was running late because they were showing the liverpool game on the projector before <laughs> and they were like oh yeah you can't load in until the game's finished and then yeah <laughs> now that hardcore about it <laughs> yeah and then we got like neil brought us outside after we played and he was like so just so you know you need thursday friday off we're like, okay. He's like, because you played like Ambush in the ball. And like, yeah, <laughs> come on. Wait, so you found out like five days before it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five days. Had there been any like rumours? We got, so the tour manager messaged Neil on Twitter going, what are the guys doing Thursday, Friday? And Neil was like, recognised the guy's name. So kind of like looked him up and he was like, it's the tour manager, Catfish. And he was like, so then Neil like messaged me and like the guys are free but we were like we didn't know what was what it was and like it was like you didn't want to get your hopes up and then like you'd be brought down to it would be like absolutely nothing or like never mind or so we're, like, oh, after show at yeah, Firewater yeah, right, so it's like, <laughs> an after show or like I don't know what it'll be but it's not going to be anything that exciting and then like we actually like found out it was like right you've got like four five days to prepare or like the biggest show, we, yeah, we had like we played. had like five minutes of jumping about, and then kind of reality settled, and we're all phoning our the bosses. panic sets in. Like, oh my god! Like, right, I need, can you cover my shift on Thursday? <laughs> so it was I've been in the Thursday in Glasgow. 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 Do you know yeah. how they found out about you and how they like? I think it was a promoter that we've worked with a couple of times in the past called Steve Tilly. They asked Steve if he had any like um, Scottish bands that he'd recommend. So he sent over like us amongst like a few, a bunch of others, and then they just listened to them and went for us. So it's like very lucky that they, they liked us and yeah, it's crazy. crazy. It's pretty pretty mental. Did you notice like a jump in monthly listeners and stuff after it happened? And Mon- yeah. yeah, like listeners and like they might like, they might have just like 
interaction on social media just went like crazy from that because we got, yeah we got like a thousand instagram followers in a week what so it went from like five thousand to six thousand yeah just, that just, yeah. just from them posting it and us playing the show so nah it's, it's been amazing um, and as, yeah as Callum said like we try before like oh let's do like, a live Q&A and then you'd get like a few mates kind of commenting abuse <laughs> and <laughs> you'd get a hello from somebody's mum or something like that but now like you do something like that and you've actually got people who want to be involved which is nice what sort of stuff are you getting asked in a live Q&A Oh, we, other than the abuse that you're getting, we, we got we, we did a we did a when we released the last single or the the Christmas single that we did we did like oh like ask us anything to celebrate the release and like some of the que- I, I'm not even comfortable saying some of the questions now never mind posted <laughs> them in the story like just from very innocent looking people going like oh like oh. I'm not even gonna say. It. I'm not. I, <laughs> oh, you built you built it up now. I got. Oh, like oh, who shagged the most birds? And I'm like, you look like a 15 year old girl. Why are you asking that? <laughs> oh, it's just like far, far like no, no details that you'd ever want to just tell a person you've never met before. Just put it on the Instagram. <laughs> How did the uh, Christmas single go down? You just stuck out. It was good. It was just like something kind of fun to do like because obviously we released Stay in October yeah and we hadn't released like much music like before Stay like it was the EP and then we knew that the next single we didn't want to bring out until the new year so we're like we need just something fun to like kind of stick out and like it kind of worked well with like like, having those like two like cafe shows and then just like releasing like something for people to engage with as well it was quite fun to record as well we did it all ourselves like yeah for the first time gregor like got to to be like the studio man for once which was uh he was he was quite nice at it actually i thought he was going to be a bit of a dictator but he was <laughs> he was calm in his element we we like because we had the idea of doing that song but i hadn't practiced it or anything so we just turned up on the day and we're like right let's give it a run through like, right let's go for it and we hadn't really talked about who was kind of singing what parts or anything and I was like well all I really want to desperately do in this song is the big it's Christmas <laughs> shout it was like you just do the rest Cal so <laughs> yeah it worked out really well no, it's, it's been cool like some we've had like notifications of like shops putting us on the Christmas playlist and stuff and I mean it's never gonna like crack the Christmas market that one song but if you can then you get a yearly nice boost yeah. so when was the last time there was a, a big kind of Christmas I know. song though I was expecting a John Lewis advert so I mean I, I, I'm actually <laughs> bitterly disappointed at how it went down but we, we, we did I can't was it always going to be that one or do you, do you have other contenders for what cover you maybe were going to do there was a couple that were mentioned weren't there there was like yeah. I mean, there was like I, like I think everybody wants to do like Last Christmas because it's just like the best Christmas song. But like everybody is like seems to do like a good cover of it, and I was like, I don't think we'll do a very good cover of it. <laughs> so we were like, I don't know. I think it was Hamish was just posted that he was like, "What about this song?" And oh, that, everybody um, was like, "Yeah, that's that cool. Christmas Stalking song." Like Gregor was like, "Oh, my dad says we should do this yeah. one." <laughs> yeah, when it's like. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. But yeah, just released that. Gregor's dad was like, "You should, you guys should be doing this." And I was like, "No, that's normally a good indicator that we shouldn't be doing it if one of our dads is promoting it, pushing it forward a bit." Have you played it live at all, or is it? No, we didn't actually. Because you had your Christmas show at Pigeon Lodge, didn't you? Yeah. Was that a Christmas show? Was that just a? It's just like a kind of like headline show. We'd not played there, like two years or something um in pjs anyway so we were like we thought about doing it but then we'd also had like um like the last dp we did that um bruce springsteen cover uh, i noticed that actually yeah yeah because when i first saw that ep i was like did they know there's a song already called <laughs> dancing in the dark and then i put it on at the arts of cover <laughs> so we just accidentally wrote the yeah. exact same song just channeled in like uh, bruce and just came out with that i don't know, <laughs> don't know where i heard it from before no um so we were like didn't know whether to do like Christmas song or do like your Springsteen cover and then we were like let's just do 
the uh, Dance in the Dark cover in, which was like great because we did that and just did it like just a, a guitar and basically like everybody knows that song so it was like a kind of moment I was just stealing it from Bruce a bit just well, like getting everyone to sing <laughs> along the words like I think Sam Fender finished his set doing the exact same thing yeah. that same weekend so when I saw him in Glasgow, he sorry, finished Sam. on. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Sam. This is an official apology <laughs> to a man who doesn't know who we are. <laughs> but yeah, but fact, the guitarist knows. No, no, the bass player. The the he's called Dean. Is Sam Fender's bass player, and he came into the restaurant that me and Gregor worked in once. He was like, "Oh my god, Robbie! Oh my god, that's Sam Fender's bass player." I was like, How do you know that? I recognise his hat. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that the wee guy? Is he the guitarist? Yeah. Oh, he's going to be insulted. I've been calling him the bass player, and I think I put it on our story once. Whoops! <laughs> and Gregor served him a burger at work, so yeah, that's he still tells people. Slept <laughs> <laughs> a CD in the burger. They, they, they also so we'd recorded that dance in the dark cover when we were out in Nashville, and like we, it was literally hurricane warnings, and we weren't meant to leave. So we're in the studio and we're like, right, let's just do an acoustic cover of something. Just smash it out of the dark with winds back. Yeah. <laughs> so did that and then got back and about a week later, Sam Fender announced that he was like, like released the Dance in the Dark version. In the concession, oh, yeah. For fuck's sake. Wait, did he, did he actually put that out as a... Yeah, like, I didn't a even week after it was we out, recorded it. I think, he, yeah, he did like a, like a session on like YouTube where he like did like a... And they're like a stripped back version of it as well. And we're like, oh, fucking hell, like, here we go. <laughs> and then literally, like, a couple, like, a month later, we released the EP. And then, like, some person, like, puts, like, a, a screenshot of the Spotify Dance in the Dark on her Instagram story. And she's like, oh, these boys are gunning for you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> when did you record the Christmas one? You. It was like... Um, November or something. Oh no, oh, right. o- October. End of October, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was like pretty, pretty quick turnaround. Like we were like, oh, should we just do it? And we're like, okay, right, let's do it. So we just like, like went into like what's usually like our rehearsal space and just like recorded it there, like kind of in the room. But it was like it was good fun to do actually. I'd like to do more stuff like that. Like, I had visions of you recording it like in summertime, but no. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we did release it in November, which is aggressively early too. But it, it, was, it was quite early in November, was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Before anyone was ready for Christmas, people were still, you know, still feeling spooky, and then yeah. we. <laughs> I went. <Bam! laughs> we weren't going to release it till December, and we were told, "Oh no, all the festive playlists get done before this date, so you need to release it then." So we released it. And like no other Christmas songs were released at the same time. <laughs> Everything else came after. I'm like, well, I think somebody's lied. <laughs> oh, you gotta beat them. Gotta beat them to the chase. Yeah, it'll just get earlier and earlier next next year. February. <laughs> <laughs> when were you uh, last out in Nashville? Because you mentioned you know writing dancing in the dark there. Oh. We're not writing dancing in the dark recording. Yeah, we. Were, I think it was September, was it? September. Yeah. But we, we actually, yeah, dancing in the dark was the time before. But we played, um, it was that kind of one day festival in Dunfermline called Outwith Festival. And oh, that we, was a good lineup. I had um, Idlewell and stuff on it. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Um, it was really good for the town as well. But we played that and then it got to like 1am and Callum was like, right, Robbie, go home. We need to go home because we're flying at six. <laughs> and you were driving. And I was driving. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a very tough journey. How long, but, were, you, how long were you out there for when you went out? Just a week. Yeah, a week. And then we came back the same day as we went down to this cottage we go to to go right. So, yeah, it was a very long couple of weeks. Just <laughs> writing constantly for two Yeah, <laughs> one of the highlights of that Nashville trip, it was not even in Nashville. It was we dropped off the car in like a, you know, you like drop your car off like near like Glasgow Airport and they like, there's a bus that like takes you. So you have a place where you can park the yeah, car. Yeah, like park and ride thing. And this guy that was driving, it was just me and Robbie on this wee minibus, and this guy was just so funny. And he's just like, he's like, what, what, what are you doing in America then? And Robbie's like, oh, uh, we're writers. But he must have thought we were like, <laughs> like story writers. And he's like, oh, I do a bit of writing myself. And we're like, all right. And he's like, yeah, all right, I wrote this story about this uh, this Rangers fan, this Rangers dad. He always just gets drunk and then goes and fights people at the games. And that. <laughs> Oh, nice, nice. Autobiographical. Yeah. Like, How long have you been like working for today? And he's like, oh, he's he's on my last my last trip. He's like, I'm gonna go home. He's like, I'm gonna have 
two fried egg rolls and two bottles of Desperados and then go to bed. <laughs> we were just hanging at six o'clock at Paisley. But what is going on? <laughs> is it quite intense when you're over in Nashville? You, it's, like, you... it's getting easier, I think. It was quite overwhelming when we were first. Yeah. We, we went separately the first times we went as well. So Callum went himself and then I went over myself and so it kind of by the time the first time came where we went together we were still kind of getting used to everything and it's just so it's like a machine like you get booked in like I don't know like 11 or something like that with a writer and then you have another one in the afternoon or you can be doing three a day it's it's a lot less relaxed than I thought it was going to be you sent to a Nashville label aren't you yeah yeah, yeah. they're called, called LV Music um, which is yeah they've been, they've been great to us they've been really good um, it's a small kind of independent one and it's ran by this woman called Femka who um, was actually just over recording with us so she produces our stuff as well um, but no, she's been really supportive as well but no it's, it's it's good it's completely different to we've done some rights over here and like down in London and stuff and it's just a lot more relaxed here but then I suppose in Nashville everything costs so much money so was it quite expensive, kind of? Oh God, yeah, like very, very expensive. You're talking like seven, eight dollars for two thirds of a pint anywhere you go. Like, <sighs> yeah, come on. <laughs> Festival prices. <laughs> that is, that. Yeah. <laughs> on Broadway. No, it is. It is good. It's just like, I mean, the good thing about like writing over there is like, I, I think when we first went over, we were kind of worried that it was just going to be like they were we we're going to sit in a room and people were going to write a song. And be like, oh, that's your song. But it was like, you go in and they're like, what have you got? So it's like they're not like they're like there to like help you write a song. They're not writing the song for you. So like, usually like we come in with a song already, and it's just like making some tweaks and then like putting like and then they like the they make these like demos that just like sound like they could be actual songs. Yeah. So like, we were like sending like a demo back to like the guys, and they're like. Girls, like, it just sounds like you could like release it already but like they do it always like in like so far into like one style of music that we have to like take it right back like one of the songs that we just recorded like sounded like a wham song in the, in the, nothing in wrong the with demo, that which is like great but then we were like right, but jangly keys up yeah there. like we were like right we're gonna have to like try and make the sound a bit more like dancing on tables now we've got another one which is like an amazingly written song and then one of the guys that we were writing it with was just like kind of what what are you thinking because we wrote it and then recorded bits he's like do you want me to just kind of do my thing on it for the actual demo like, yeah yeah you just you just go with what you think is good and then we listen to it it's like a proper like Calvin Harris house music <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a brilliant song and it sounds amazing but it was just surreal to be sitting there thinking I'm sure that isn't <laughs> what we wrote <laughs> I don't remember saying that like. <laughs> do you think they've made you better songwriters going over there and doing those kind of like I think it's like it. definitely helped like I think for me like I was like I'm always like I've been like good at like getting like melodies and stuff but like actually like getting lyrics is always like I find like quite tricky so it's like watching like how they work and stuff has like been like really helpful to like now when I'm like just trying to do writing by myself and kind of like have these like different kind of like methods of like getting like actually like stuff on the paper rather than just kind of like Dilly Dallin, as well as like just the way they kind of do it is like you know you go in and say you're right is at 11 and you'll probably be done within like two or three hours and it's like usually if like we were like writing before it would just be like you know you write like the chorus and then you're like ah that was good right like get back on the <laughs> people next week yeah and then you just like it would take so long to write a song whereas now it feels like you know you can get them done in a day and just like have this like huge catalogue of stuff to just like pick from is like much easier i think it's good as well because like for us working together when we're not there because callum's obviously got the like the music the classical music degree or whatever like completely understands all the concepts and theories of music and i've got grade two piano and just <laughs> just kind of know what sounds like quite a good song so it's helped us kind of gel together for when we're we're doing stuff here as well which I, th- I think we probably needed because <laughs> I'm a bit out of my depth at times. <laughs> <laughs> you actually, I didn't know you had a classical music degree. Yeah, yeah. So I went to Edinburgh and did 
uh, degree there where I was doing like piano performance for three years and then composition for my last year which was like great fun because I was doing that along with the band and it's like going to like play like live shows with the band and then like my last year we were doing like we were like commissioned to like write a piece to be performed by like the Scottish Chamber Orchestra and like what? I got like performed at like a, the degree show which was like really cool it's crazy yeah so like I ended up doing like I saw our song oh I ended up like kind of using that as like the base of the song and then like making like a a song for like a string orchestra for it which was like really fun because like and then to actually hear it be played too was like very cool but, but I was well I, I did accounts which wasn't as cool <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to like fight like, I remember going in fourth year I was like, oh I'm really sorry I won't be able to be at next week's tutorial like we're recording in Manchester like this really cool studio like Elbow have the rehearsal space there she's like well that's not good enough you're a full time student you need to be here full time I was like, yeah I know but I, I kind of can't she's <laughs> like well we're going to have to take this higher because you missed one before I was like yeah I missed one before because I was playing a festival I was doing this and she's like it's not acceptable so yeah, they maybe don't have different. the same kind of open mind towards no, no, music. But yeah, I got it done, but they did not like me. <laughs> <laughs> in, in my in my dissertation, the like first comment was surprising work for somebody who showed so little effort. <laughs> oh, is that a compliment? Yeah. <laughs> I got, in, got the two one. Got, <laughs> got it. it. <laughs> not using that again. <laughs> uh, what was the one you wrote in America? Was that the one you wrote in Nashville? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, was the first one that on my first trip. Um, yeah, that was like the first thing that we wrote when we were out there, which was just like the thing that's like quite. It was like quite different to anything we'd released before, like a lot kind of poppier, which I think was like quite like a kind of turning point for us. And it's just like it's still just a great song to do because like, I mean, it's just so simple and like it's that kind of thing when you're playing like shows with like big crowds and you like. Do you want to sing along? It's like, it's not hard to learn. Like, oh, like, you don't even have to sing in tune. You just kind of go, oh. Like, you just do one long drone and yeah, it sounds about right. It's an ego booster, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You've got like, quite a few of your songs as well, don't you? The, oh, oh yes. crop up here and there. <laughs> oh, baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> They've been caught out. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think. Missing, Stick to a formula. Oh. Stays got who's and has, 20's got old, like, uh, oh, like, kind of like uh, rather than that, oh, uh, tried something different for that one. <laughs> so, I think in the stuff we, yeah, in a couple of the songs that we recorded in the studio last week, they've got O's and O's. Well, you yeah. figured out my formula. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna turn the podcast in a bit of a, a quiz for a moment. Oh, oh, see? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can't help oh. it. <laughs> uh, which Dancing and Tables music video do you think I appear in? Because I pop up in appear- one of them. Oh, do you, are you in 20? I am, um, yeah. Yeah, are you? Yeah. That was the first time I saw you was up at Drummond's in Aberdeen. Yeah, in that was... 2018, I think? Yeah, yeah well, March. Fancy runs. Sp- Moonlight Zoo were up for that as well, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. A cool, cool headline tour called it Dancing in the Moonlight. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, I didn't yeah. know what that was. So, but, but then we, we like had that kind of meeting before with everyone going through the, the logistics and we're like well we do a big band cover with all of us at the end of dancing in the moonlight we're like yeah yeah that's amazing and then it slowly transpired that half of us were thinking of the top loader version and half of us were thinking is it the 70s yeah we were like oh we were thinking like top loader and then moonlight zero like oh do you know what the thin lizzie version we're like <laughs> What's that? Yeah. <laughs> so it never, it never happened. Because the top of the one's a cover, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's, yeah, is it? Or is it like taking the old one and doing something about that? I can't remember. I think I, they're I, pretty. They're the seventies version that sounds eerily similar. So many layers. <laughs> <laughs> the Shrek of music. I remember when I saw you at that show. I must have been like sixteen or something. Yeah. No, that's a cool show. That video's got um, my flatmate Hamish or my old flatmate Hamish. Who's sarcastically Ooh. being like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I remember thinking when I went to that show, like I didn't know who you were or what you're about, thinking you're this kind of, you know, massive kind of band really touring around the world. <laughs> do, what do you think about? Do you think people's how close did you feel like people's expectations match up? Like people who maybe you know aren't in the local music match up to what the life of being in a band is actually like at this level. I mean, it's. I mean, it's probably it's a pretty 
it's a pretty tough life to have in reality. Like, it's it's amazing when we do things and like we the tour that we're doing in March, we're away for seventeen days. I'm like, I cannot wait for that. It's going to be the best time. But you've got so many days in between where you've just been away for three weeks and you've not earned any money when you're away and you come back and you suddenly your skin and you're standing in a coffee shop for nine hours just you know thinking yesterday you had hundreds of people singing your songs at you like the the levels that you have to go are so yeah. up and down all the time and it's back. a weird contrast it must be quite tough readjusting as well yeah like i went from the night after we played catfish on the friday night and then i went back to work at like eight o'clock in the morning on saturday and people are like, how, how is the show, Caroline? Like, I don't want to talk about it. I was just like, this is like, probably, I've just had like the best day of my life and this is like now feeling like the worst day of my life. I've got like, you know, people going like, excuse me, my latte's not very hot. <laughs> I really, really don't Tell that to Van McCann, yeah. eh? <laughs> I just played the fucking idol. <laughs> it's that kind of thing, you know, like, I, obviously when you get shows like those it's like such like a euphoric feeling playing them but then obviously like you have, you're gonna like when we play go back to playing shows like around like Scotland and England it's like we're gonna be going back to like especially England we're gonna be playing like 100 cap venues and stuff and like maybe even like for like a lot of them like still just like half filling them because it's just like just gradual like like growth but I mean for us anyway it's like some other like people like have this like way of just like blown up but I think for like most yeah. bands that you see like it's like you know you'll get they'll get like you know some big support slots here and there but then when they come back down to their own headlines it's like just slowly building yeah. up like small small shows until they get bigger and bigger and bigger but yeah there's no kind of like I mean I, I think when we got the catfish shows and we're like right this is kind of like this is our break if you know what I mean but it, it's our chance to get to the next level rather than bringing us straight up there yeah because you know you, you've got that name behind you you've got those shows and all those like thousands of extra people have got to see you but now we just have to do like double the work i think that noise was my brother coming in the door <laughs> <laughs> I, I warned him this was happening so he better not be making any noise no, no he's, he's all good. <laughs> um shut it jamie <laughs> i'm on a podcast <laughs> Um, but yeah no it's I mean it, it was an amazing opportunity but it, as I say so many ups and downs and you just don't know like we didn't know that the catfish show was happening until five days before ah. so you just you just don't know what's coming up and you have to there be could be something else like, around the corner yeah, that's you have to be like ready big. to just like drop everything as well like you can't really book plans to do anything like because if something else comes up you have to just drop them like, I mean even like stuff if someone drops at a festival yeah. You know, you might then you get caught. Yeah, so you like, can't have like any holidays booked for summer or anything. That's exactly. what it'll be off the like, like we we've not we don't really go and well maybe go for the odd weekend away kinda like when we get a chance, but we don't do you, know, you don't book holidays. People I've I've sold five tickets for gigs in the last year. Like my, I genuinely think that my friends must think that I just don't like them. Because <laughs> our, our boys have got some bad news and they're oh fuck's sake, not again. <laughs> can't can't Go to this show. Oh, you've missed Idols. Idols. Idols, Fontaine's DC in the last couple of weeks. You missed Fontaine's. I did, I which, which was described, you. the review I read was people will be talking about this gig for years to come saying I was there. And I, you were I will be saying I was not there. <laughs> I had a ticket, but yeah, you were. we had to make it. We were in the studio, yeah. The strokes. Seems really, really annoyed. I was, and the boys love reminding me of how annoyed <laughs> I am about missing things. We... We missed. I had to sell my ticket for the Strokes, um, in the summer and Chemical Brothers. Where about were they were down? Um, it was All Points. Oh, was that the one in London? All, yeah, All Points East, I think it was. That's a sick lineup as well. Was it? Yeah, well, it's amazing. Tonight, yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> my, my friends tell every time I see my friends, my friend Angus goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, when we went to see the Strokes in the best weekend of my life." And it's <laughs> not just the so annoyed. Yeah, but I'm still annoyed. Yeah, you can see he's starting to fume the thought. Oh, yeah, just we'll just move on. We'll move on. <laughs> Find another talking point. <laughs> get get those questions out, Alex. <laughs> um, I did actually want to ask about the cottage because we we've touched on that a few times, but I've not gone in properly. So, how many times have you been up there? Ooh, 
Sounds quite ominous, actually, The Cottage. It's like a horror film. Yeah, <laughs> The Cabin oh. in the Woods. <laughs> I've only been, like, four times now. Yeah. I think four, yeah. It's it's just great, like, and, like, you, print, you see so many other bands using it as well, like, because it's such good value as well, like, you get, like, the place to stay, and then you have, like, a studio next door where you can either just, like, rehearse, record, and then it's just in, like, the most beautiful setting as well. So, like... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just what sort of stuff has been written and worked on up there that you've done. We we kind of or recently anyway, we've been using it to like grab the ideas that we get or like the songs that we write out in Nashville, and we'll go and we'll just work like full band demos of them. So we'll kind of get everybody involved and we'll change bits about. And so is that why you got straight off the plane and went there? Yeah. Last time you were in Nashville. Yeah. So we actually had like we've been sending the files over as we were recording them, and then went straight there and started doing full band versions of them which is really yeah really handy to have we have done some writing we wrote stay just from scratch there which was really fun as well um a couple of songs that we've not released yet have been written there too so is stay part of the next ep as well stay's going to be on the next ep i wanted to ask what's the wee the wee symbol thing that oh. you've you've had on the because it's on the corner of that and you've got i noticed you've all got t-shirts with we've it all on got it t-shirts and... yeah we're gonna we're kind of slowly introducing it and we are going to every gig we play people are like oh can I buy your t-shirts and oh we're really sorry these were made for us but um, we are going to make t-shirts to sell to everyone um, but it's just like it It was originally a logo and it originally said dancing on it and it kind of looks it's got a wee dot for DOT and it kind of looks like a table and it kind of looks like a wee person but it also just looks quite cool it looks um, like some kind of ancient type well, I, thing, that, yeah. my girlfriend's mum was like oh have you checked that that's not a massively offensive word in Chinese and <laughs> I've not had the heart to google because I'm terrified that it is it's quite a nice symbol <laughs> yeah. no yeah because like, we were just we had like obviously got like our logo and then we're like thinking for like especially for like playing shows like something that's just annoying like going like what am I going to wear like and then if you're like playing like a load of shows in a row it's just quite nice to just have like we just got a bunch of t-shirts with the same thing on them and it's just like right you don't have to think about that and then it's something cool to kind of like sell as merch that doesn't necessarily look like band merch which yeah. I like we kind of wanted like something that could just be like a cool t-shirt as opposed to like sticking the name or the like a, yeah yeah the like artwork on something, tables yeah. on it or something so when you go into an ad you wear them like every show yeah, 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 yeah. Just washing them in the sink of the hotel and before every show. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, we've, we've got like three each, and then we've got this like, like I think we've got like eleven or ten shows in a row in England, like in March. And we're like, we're gonna need to get some more t-shirts. Like, <laughs> Reese is a sweaty boy. What <laughs> <laughs> a night! And, and I, so I, I was ordering them all, and um, it was a friend of ours who like makes clothes that said she'd embroider them for us. So I like ordered them all, dropped them off, everything, gave everyone theirs, and Hamish is like, I've not got a black one. Like, oh. And I looked back on the order, I just hadn't ordered him one of the three colours. So he he only has two, yeah. And he's probably the sweatiest out of the time. <laughs> <laughs> he, I think he goes through like three t shirts a day. Like you'll like you'll wear one in the van in the morning and then you'll get to like sound check and he'll be like, I'm absolutely sweating boys. <laughs> and he'll put like on another t shirt. And then he'll put it on his t-shirt for the gig. And then he'll the put it on the back of yeah. another t-shirt. <laughs> Something um, wrong with What's some of the biggest challenges you face when you're on tour? Like, I come out the road. Actually, here's a question for you. It's something I've always, not always wondered, that makes it sound a bit weird, but <laughs> I was pouring on the other day. How do you get a haircut on tour? I've, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. Screw it out. Reese and Gregor went for one in... Bristol. Bristol I think it was Bristol, Bristol yeah. yeah and it's just like just googling barbers and phoning them up going do you have room and just... that's, that's ropey though what we get a oh, no. bad haircut in the middle of a tour when you're getting photographed every night Shocking just do Callum Thomas and just, just shave, shave it all off <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe I'll go back to that when we're touring a lot it'll be a lot easier just shaving it every day and just the Jack Steadman <laughs> yeah. yeah what other things do you come up against when you're I think you're just like food. food like food is a big thing because like, well, to get, like, wherever you're staying, to get it, you want to get it as cheap as possible, which usually means you're staying out of the centre, which usually means it's, like, a 20-minute drive from, like, the venue to where you're staying. So then it's, like, you get there, you sound check, 
and then you're like right and you've got like maybe like an hour and a half to like get back get changed make dinner and then go back so then half the time you're like oh well there's no point going back so we're like we'll just buy food and then you don't want to like buy like nice food because it's too expensive so you end up just buying like chips and it's just like chips yeah. and cheese or just like just crap and you just like honestly I think every time that's the worst thing is that you come up back from like tour and you just like can't wait to like just have like eat normal food just like food. vegetables salad yeah. and like I don't just know just like yeah. stuff that's actually been like cooked properly and it's not just processed we, we've kind of we, we have our last tour anyway get a little porridge pot for 50p for breakfast and that does you most of the day and then 150 for a pack of tortellini which you split into two days and that's that's pretty sorted <laughs> yeah. but like yeah. spinach and ricotta tortellini oh yeah oh, four, che- four, four cheese. cheese as well oh yeah. baby <laughs> oh baby four cheese not for me <laughs> Callum's uh, lactose intolerant and just continually forgets well I don't forget I just like I'm just still going to eat pizza because Callum that's a margarita pizza, pizza. <laughs> I know <laughs> then I get so angry though he's just like I'll be sitting like tucking into like a cheese pizza and he's like what are you doing Callum and I'm, like, I'm like listen I want a pizza surely lactose <laughs> but, yeah it's just it's so hard to eat healthy and like I am I, gonna like put our manager in it. One and all, the day we were driving back, um, he had um, 18 inches of Subway and then went home and had like a calzone for tea. Like a takeaway, like a cra- crappy he's not, That's he, pushing he's, the boat out. That's, uh, he's not even a big guy and he just eats utter, utter nonsense. Like, <laughs> just crap every day. And like KFC. But then everyone loves it. <laughs> That's all we talk about the van. Like if it's been like a couple of days, and somebody will just go, "Anyone thinking Colonel? Oh, surely Colonel." Take your takeaway choice. Go for KFC. Yeah. Oh yeah. We like we were driving back one time. And we were like we were like, let's get a KFC on the way back as like a as a treat. And we were running low on petrol, and we were like to Neil like we need to like stop and get petrol soon. And he was just like he was like waiting for a KFC waiting for KFC <laughs> and uh, it was just not one turn enough and it was just like well, slowly I'm like I think we were on like zero for like yeah. a good like 10-15 miles and then finally one showed up and everyone's been shouting at Neil and he was just like told you, told you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how long has uh, Neil been with the band because he kind of feels a little bit like a six member yeah, yeah. I think he's been with us for four I mean we've been together like six. technically for like six years but I think we've only been like I think I would only say we would like started doing stuff properly when Neil came along, which has probably been about like four, yeah. four years ago or something. But with the first two years then, like just kind of like being in a band with mates, just like school shows and just. I think we just we, I think we supported not... every band in Dunfermline. Yeah. <laughs> we were just on at like seven fifteen, and then every Friday and Saturday, <laughs> playing horrible pubs and we played this was it Whistlebinkies, or some it was yeah. something like that. We played in. Edinburgh, and I think Callum was sixteen, and we turned up to play the oh, show. That was that was poetry in the summer. Oh, that was it. That it was like uh, a, a friend show. A friend show. Yeah. But the guys that had organised that hadn't, you know, told us that you had to be over eighteen. So like, got there, like, dropped them stuff, and I was like, I'm just gonna use the toilet. So I was like, I went to the bar, and I was like, Oh, where's your bathroom by the way? And she's like, Can I see your ID? And I was like, I just want to pee. And she always like, wouldn't let me use the toilet. And I was like, I'm also playing. And she was just like, well, you can't, because you you can't be here. So then, like, we were like, <laughs> to these guys, like, you never told us that. Oh, sorry. I was like, we, we all paid for a train over. Like, we need some kind of payment. And he brings out shrapnel from his pockets. He's <laughs> yeah. like, you can have this. It's all the money I've got. And then, we're like, I'm not taking that. Oh, I can make you a website. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we got made a website, which we never, ever used. <laughs> wow. At least you got something out of it. <laughs> when, the worst. when you started off because I remember I wrote a I think I wrote a live review of one of your shows because what your music is it's kind of like this mesh between like your kind of pop influences and your more rock influences and I said it shouldn't work but it does really well <laughs> it, I didn't know where that was going <laughs> it shouldn't work it doesn't why am I doing this podcast <laughs> and I just got you on this podcast to say I hate you <laughs> and you've been punked Barney <laughs> <laughs> and then you just come out you thought, you, thought you, thought <laughs> thought your brother creeping down the stairs with a camera through the corner <laughs> they're coming in Barney and then just coming in <laughs> <Gang> patrol <laughs> 
Uh, I was going to ask you, what point did it did it always work from the beginning, or what point did it actually start to to click those two kind of juxtaposing influences of the band? Rocky and bluesy before, I think, and then, I think before you started writing songs, <laughs> <laughs> and I ruined it. Um, I don't know. I think like when we did like the, don't stop when yeah when don't stop came out and stuff like that, it started to get a bit more kind of poppy, and then like after that like oh. I'm slowly just like yeah, slowly working your way pushing out the guitars, and everyone's just going to be on synthesizers. <laughs> <laughs> so was there stuff that came out before Don't Stop that is no longer no anywhere? Uh, yeah, and <laughs> I, I, I actually the other week I actually listened to like all the private songs that we have on SoundCloud, like all the old tracks and everything. And Jesus, some of them are just so bad. Some of them it's so obvious where like one of the pre Callum songs I can't remember the exact wording, but I'm listening to it and you can just tell that I've not been able to think of anything that fits with that word so just made up a complete new sentence I'll just I, I, I can't think of an example this is a terrible terrible anecdote <laughs> but yeah I'll, I'll just like say a word and I'm like that isn't even a word it's that got nothing related yeah, to it yeah. yeah nothing at all nothing at all well then how old would you be when you were writing that kind of stuff oh like 15 yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah I was a weird it's <laughs> good. Let's be. <laughs> what did you start writing songs then? Because that's um, we were in a band at fifteen. That's quite. Yeah, I, I, I got I got a guitar when I was fourteen. So that's even more impressive than getting a guitar then. and then a year later you're already. You yeah, still can't play. Still the guitar. can't play. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can do my power chords. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> I uh, I used to be in a band before I joined Dancing on Tables, and. I listen to that stuff sometimes and it is like painfully, painfully bad. And it's like the thing I was saying, I struggle with lyrics. And uh, I was just, just writing absolute dribble. Like, to the <laughs> point where sometimes you just like listen to them and be like, well, what does this mean? I'm like, ah, oh, you know, you just didn't really get it. Like, it was just like, <laughs> it, it was, yeah. I don't, I don't even want to think about it. Had it to be like, there. It was like oh. really, really bad. I remember when, when Callum had just joined us and he was playing this school show because like, we're all still at school and I went to go see him and like we'd written a couple of songs together and maybe I'd been together a couple of months and then Callum standing playing this song and I was like wee dick that's better than any of the songs he's written for us <laughs> <laughs> can we have that one? yeah yeah no looking back David although the, the, the very very first that probably isn't actually true the very first song that Callum kind of brought to us in our first practice was, oh, this is a wee thing that I've been doing. And we wrote it, and it's this song called Susie, and people in Dunfermline still ask us to play it at shows because everybody still likes it for some reason. What was it? Was it written about Dunfermline? Or? No, no, it was it just because it was it only was, ever was, people in Dunfermline. song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only people in Dunfermline knew it. And I, I don't think anybody has actually listened to it in about six years, but like all the kind of pals that we had Back then, who were the only ones coming to the shows? Oh, play Susie, play Susie. I think people like it because it had a slur word. Yeah. <laughs> I won't tell you what's Edgy. Probably <laughs> that to the imagination. My mum was not happy. She <laughs> Because, um, was Wonderland, that was written about Dunfermline. Yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was a cool one. That was one where we went into writing, like, the, the guy was just kind of asking questions about us, and he was like, oh, like why don't we write a song because we're saying oh we're from Dunfermline and you know this is what it's like in Dunfermline so, no let's write about that so that was I mean some parts aren't as related to Dunfermline as other parts but overall it's got it's kind of centred around it yeah yeah it's, it's, it's based around the idea of kind of going all over the world and coming back and you've got this kind of special place that's always going to stay the same and always going to be there for you yeah was there anything you centered the EP around? Because I was last night again. I was listening to it. It's quite an interesting EP because it's quite a, a collective kind of mix of songs. Like yeah, they're quite like different we, to each other. They kind of got that dance on tables thing like running through the spine of them. But overall, they're quite different to each other. When we were like getting to the point of like the EP, we were kind of like we had never like I think we're like we're quite bad for like leaving like stuff like themes and like trying to get like I don't know like something to base everything around. So like. When we got to the point where like right, we need like a name for this like EP, and we were kind of like thinking, and I think what like we'd been through like a lot of kind of like changes like within the band, like well, like just 
through with the band and stuff. So we're kind of like transposed because it sounded like a kind of nice word. But yeah. like this EP, like it's been like this one that we're, it's coming out. It's like a lot more kind of thought out in terms of like the name and like the themes that are going with it and stuff. And like Art it's actually like it's well. worked like really well. Like we were kind of just looking for something that was like a theme within all these songs. And there's like this kind of ongoing theme which I won't tell you because <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> No, it's. I, I think that last EP as well was, like, it was a kind of changing point for us in the EP as a whole, and we'd kind of been trying to find that sound that we really wanted to, like, what we wanted Dancing Tables to be, and I think those releases were us kind of testing, pushing different ways a little bit. It's kind of like, like an in-between EP. Yeah, like If you look yeah. at, um, like, say, like, Art of Monkeys albums, for example, like, between Humbug and AM you've got Suck It and See which kind of feels like an in-between album like Bridging the Gap is that yeah. kind of what the EP was about? I, yeah it's, I think it's definitely that kind of idea like it's a kind of stepping stone in our music to the music that we're about to put out now and just seeing like what was like gauging people the most because I think like the last one was like Oh and Missing and 20 which are all just those kind of like big like anthemic stuff so then like we wanted to like see what other stuff was like gauging like you know there's like stereo was like a bit more rocky there's like black which is a, like a lot more poppy and there was like color me good which is more kind of just like upbeat indie and we we're just seeing like which yeah. white ones were like gauging like so is the next one a little bit more cohesive as well do they kind of sound a little similar to each other as opposed to the i feel like the contrasting these ones all kind of they seem to like i don't know they seem to all fit together more like it was like we obviously like did like wrote most of the stuff like in Nashville, but then we brought like everything back, and that was when we went to the cottage and the band. Like we made it like the songs like sound how we wanted to sound them as well. So like it was like this. I don't know. They all kind of feel like they you, they glue together like really well. Like I think the last EP as well was done so like there were songs that were recorded like t- two years apart or written two years apart even. Was this the transpose one? Yeah, and whereas this one's kind of, it's all been done knowing what it's going for. Like it, these songs been written knowing that they're going on this EP, and we've kind of been thinking about them, talking about them as we're writing, and we're like, right, what do we think's missing? Like, let's try this to see if it goes with the songs that we have already, and it's just all all more planned out and all all a bit more cohesive. Yeah. So there's a new one. Oh yeah. Cohesive. It's a nice word. I, I googled that before this. <laughs> I think You've got a list of your phone of words you want to include <laughs> in the podcast. I've got a dictionary in my lap <laughs> under the table. <laughs> I think these so, songs are enigmatic. <laughs> um, Don't is, know what that means. Is the artwork all connected to the next EP? Because I liked what you did with the Space Race one where you've got all the, the zebras and stuff kicking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that wasn't even planned though, the Space They're Race not. one. No, that was... Um, it was Gregor's cousin yeah. did all the artwork, but like maybe he had an overarching can I do? Yeah, yeah, he must have. He knew. He knew what we. He needed. had a massive plan. <laughs> I know what you want. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he just. I think what was after like, oh, was it like body? I think or um, yeah, body. Well, like, whatever one he like puts did this like animal thing. We're like, this is like really cool. So and he just like carried that on, but like yeah, for this EP. We did that, so the last like artworks have all been done by Gregor's cousin, and now this set of artworks have been done by Hamish's cousin, um, who's like she's like amazing, um, but like we've kind of like I think we've got the theme, so like we've got the idea of like everything, so like I think there will be like a connection between everything, ideally. Yeah. Either have you got any cousins that you can work in at the in the I story of the band? My cousins would be terrified at that thought. <laughs> <laughs> my cousin got his free jeans, so that's that's a good. A good start. My cousin's a medic, so <laughs> if one of us follows over, she can get a bit loose. <laughs> we were uh, you were kind of speaking there about how the new EP that's coming out next year is is different, and the one before was kind of like an in between step between the two. What do you think is the main you know driver for change that's pushing you forward in like the band's evolution? That's but changing then... the sound because the sound is changing. Like yeah. you can see it kind of progressing from that space race to this one. Even with Stay, you can kind of hear where it's starting to go a bit different. I think you see, like, I think for me anyway, it was, like, becoming, starting to, like, write songs that we want want to make and 
play rather than just writing songs that sound like the bands that I like. What sort of bands were you trying to emulate? I don't know, it's like before I was kind of like just thought like I've always like kind of just loved like stuff like Maccabees or like just like kind of upbeat like indie stuff and I think that was like we were like always trying to like go for something like that and then when we started doing other stuff like like Don't Stop or like Oh with these like big choruses and then you see like that's are like missing especially like a song like that which is like kind of even got like kind of housey pop feel but you see like people really like reacting well to it and you're like you want to write music I think we want to write music that people that you can like dance to and have fun to and like mm. I think like before like we would just we'd write stuff and we'd be like I want it to sound like just like this whereas like now it's like you know we'll have like obviously like ideas and stuff and like I mean, I'm pretty sure like every like right we go into, I just like bring a Japanese house song, and I'm like, I want to do something like that. But it never, <laughs> it never sounds like a Japanese house song. It's like always like we've got like kind of big choruses, and yeah, I think it's like now like we want to like we we know the stuff that we want to write, whereas before we were like weren't sure what we wanted to write. And so. I think we're a bit more confident within ourselves as well. Like, we, like we've been doing this a few years now, and we've been with our label a couple of years, and it's not like we're out you know we're trying to impress people or we're trying to like pretend we're people that we're not to look better as we're kind of starting to make our name that I think we're fairly confident that you know we are dancing tables now and we know what we're doing and we are are proud of the stuff we're putting out now rather than trying to do what we think people want us to do yeah it's like almost because I think like we kind of come under now as like a pop band I would say yeah but I think it's like almost like when you're like younger there's this kind of thing it's just like pop pop's a bit lame but like <laughs> pop's cool man yeah <laughs> and like so I think it's just like always like it's coming to like times of like right like we're like we're writing like kind of pop rock music like so I just write this kind of music rather than like trying to like avoid it if that makes sense yeah Brace it. it's been a bit more confident in your your kind of sound yeah, yeah. definitely I think that's something you kind of it's good bands kind of go in that progression of don't they like yeah like i think as well like when we like when we play live like everything's like a bit more rocky and there's like a lot of energy so like it's that's like another great thing is that like the, you know it's like different experiences when you come and see us and when you listen like i think like you know you can like, sing in tune when we're recorded yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel more confident on stage now then if you've kind of gotten a bit more confident in your music I think so. I think we've all, like, I think, I mean, I one thing I always struggle to do is, like, speak, like, but then, like, at those, like, two Catfish shows, like, we were all, like, really, really, like, nervous, like, before, like, Hamish was, like, puking in the bathroom, <laughs> um, like... I saw your pep talk, it, like, in the video, you kind of catch a bit, you're, like, kind of... I, I had this thing up. planned, and then started it, and I don't, I don't know, it just didn't work at all. What, what sort of thing were you... Uh, no, I'd... Saying in the... Well, I was I was just saying that you know that this <laughs> I went more Neil Warnock, a bit more aggressive. Hair dryer treatment. Yeah. Um, no, I, I was just saying that you know we this is what we've been working towards, and my my whole thing was, you know, when we're out there, like think of every kind of shitty job we've done over the past few years, and every you know annoying customer, and every missed family event and holiday and every time your girlfriend's been annoyed at you and from you know every sacrifice we've ever made like just channel that and just give it everything which I, I didn't really click and then before the hydro show Hamish just went boys if you think you're giving it 100% give 10% more I was like That's, I should have just went for that because that, <laughs> that was the perfect pep talk that we needed <laughs> wait so was the pep talk for the first one uh, Aberdeen the, yeah. Yeah, yeah Aberdeen yeah and then I think because once we got Aberdeen out of the way when it came to the hydro we kind of knew what was happening and we knew relatively what to expect and it was a lot a lot more relaxed I, I think like yeah as soon as we saw people like jumping straight away we were like right like yeah and you're always going to a crowd, uh, crowd in Glasgow well one of those things that you see like sometimes just like crowds in Glasgow just if they don't like you they'll just like let you they'll just they'll let you know like I remember seeing um I saw the Maccabees at the Barrowlands and he was like everyone's like screaming cheering because obviously like I knew this was like one of the last shows that they were going to do 
and he was like oh it's so nice to like come back to Glasgow and people cheering he was like we supported Kasabian in Glasgow last time and he was like and everyone just you don't want to be I don't think Mac could be supporting Kasabian in the right kind of crowd I feel so bad because he's just like the sweetest man in the world just like getting the finger so we were like a bit worried but like like the crowds were jumping and stuff like I think the worst the most like kind of fear that we had was when we got on the stage for Aberdeen and like oh. you know we had this this thing like this sample of Trigger that's like this quote from like an old movie that's like in part of a song and it like starts off the whole set and like so Robbie like ducks down and he's like crouching by the, like the kick drum and we're all just kind of like facing the ground and then there's just like nothing and Reese is just looking at Gregor and like <laughs> It's Gregor's laptop. Gregor, like Gregor forgot to charge the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> so like we're just standing, we're just going like Gregor, Gregor, Gregor. So like Gregor like comes over like luckily like it just ran out of charge. So like plugs it back in. Password then. Like, <laughs> walks away like he's like I don't know your password. So he comes back again. Everyone's like, oh my god, the sample's not working. Gregor has to change like the bit rate on the sample. Like. It was just like, it felt like, I think it was like a good two and a half minutes we were just standing there like that. My thighs were burning <laughs> as well. <laughs> so I'd, I'd crouch down, like, making the air above my head, like, kind of as I normally do, yeah, up. like, beside the bass drum, and I'm crouched down, and it's got to, like, two minutes. I don't know how much longer <laughs> I could do this, <laughs> but I, I don't know what else I could do, because, if, like, if I stand up, like I'm gonna have to do something else, and it's just gonna be awkward if I just kind of stand and stare at people. So no, I just held it out, and we got there in the end. It can be the worst thing in the world to start that off with that, because then you obviously kind of have it in your head. Nothing like that's gonna yeah. hopefully happen <laughs> again in the rest worst, of the set. Yeah. In theory, <laughs> <laughs> we played like it's like a five. Uh, it was like Dunfermline Press, like our local newspaper. They do like an awards night every year, and they do like. <laughs> You know, like the, the best live band of the year, and we were up for it a few years ago. And like, you go up and you play a song, and then if you win, you get to play another song. And so, like, we went up, and I danced on tables, like, walk on. And like, I'm like, I'm a, like, I'm a piano player, and I can like play guitar, but I'm not great at it. I don't really get like electronics at all. So, like, I'm just shit with electric guitars. So, basically, <laughs> we like, we get on, and I'm just like, looking at all the pedals checking the lead and I'm just like Hamish like and we're just standing there everyone's just kind of like dead silence in this big hall Hamish has to walk over and he's just like you've not turned your amp on Ooh. so like <laughs> turn the amp on play and I was like right, and then we won the awards we got to go up and play another song and I was like right the amp song and I was like why am I why am I not getting signed this time and I was like I hadn't plugged myself in I was like I'm just so bad for doing stuff like that like, <laughs> just not checking anything like the worst one was because we genuinely that was what four years ago maybe and we like genuinely didn't expect to win that award what was the song and, you you played to start with uh, but I no. couldn't even tell you honestly it was probably Don't Stop maybe but then we like we didn't expect to win the award so we went back to the table had like a bottle of free wine each because we thought that was us done for the night <laughs> and then they call us up and we're like oh my god <laughs> no. so Alex Turner at Brits yeah, <laughs> invoice me for the lead. That rock and roll. <laughs> Ended in the one pavilion. <laughs> oh. <So> I'm done. <laughs> right, well, uh, we'll start to wrap this up a wee bit. I've got one left for you. Okay. What's the, the anecdote you wipe out? What's your anecdote that you go to when you're trying to impress someone, when you're meeting them for the first time? Not maybe the first time, but what's the thing, the story you tell? What's your party story? My, my party story is when we were backstage at um, Kendall Calling. It's a good start. And yeah, so it always reels them in. <laughs> I was just, you know, back, back of the main stage. <laughs> Kendall. Well, one of the many festivals I did this year, I think it was Ke- Kendall maybe. They all blur into one, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, very popular. <laughs> um, yeah, and we, we'd been chatting to C6 Steve for ages and he had this bottle of wine and then he was just drinking from the bottle and then this woman walked past. He's like, excuse me, can you find me Tiny? And we're like, what? He's like, Tiny, I need, I need to see Tiny Temper. And we're like, why does C6 Steve want to see Tiny Temper? Turns out they did a Top Gear special together. But like, <laughs> we'd been chatting for like half an hour and he was asking us loads of things. We were getting on really well. And then I spotted Frank Turner walking past. 
who was like the reason that I got a guitar in the first place and I just thought oh like really cool to say that to him backstage at this festival so I was like Steve I just need to go see Frank I'll see you later and apparently he was quite annoyed by this so he's the most like zen chilled guy and I managed to was that the first time you'd met him piss him off yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah we, I haven't seen him since I haven't been able to apologise he's, he's not answering her call. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hi Steve Robbie again <laughs> Stevie I'm sorry man. Stevie boy <laughs> I can't believe they did a Top Gear special together. I know, movie. I've still not watched it either. Are you on Pointless? <laughs> I was on Pointless. That when is, was that? See, see if, that's my anecdote for if there's ever any technical issues on stage. <laughs> and and I've got to say something. <laughs> I was on Pointless. <laughs> <laughs> People kind of cheer and they go, I want a trophy. They cheer. You win? Didn't win any money. No, I, yeah, I won. I'll show you the trophy after this. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. When were you on Pointless? Um, my, <laughs> so it, it was my mum's friend's husband is into his quiz shows and they were around for dinner one night and I went around to mum and dad's and I was like oh hi can I pop in to say hello and they'd all had some wine and oh Robbie Robbie Jason's looking for somebody to go on pointless with him I'll, I'll go on pointless with you Could completely forgot about it and got an email and he was like oh um, we're going to go do an audition I was like alright fair enough like, I'm free I'll go do an audition where was the audition? Uh, in Edinburgh at the Mar- Marriott or something at you hotel. make it Marriott for that um, <laughs> and then yeah suddenly we got it so I didn't really know this guy I'd kind of spoke to him briefly and all of a sudden I'm staying two nights in a hotel in London <laughs> with him <laughs> or doing pointless so then we did it and it was brilliant and then it aired and then all <laughs> like so so many uh, tweets we're like, oh yeah, sure, Robbie and Jason are just friends. Hashtag pointless, because he's like a 45-year-old man. <laughs> I thought everyone was just saying, calling you Ollie Sykes. Ollie. Yeah, yeah, hair was like really long. It was like huge fringe at the time. It was just like, everyone was like, why is Ollie Sykes on pointless? How many years ago was this? Um, know, like two, year. maybe? Two. Yeah, tw- I think it was end of 2017. Pete too early. Yeah, I did. I did, that was... <laughs> I'll have to go and see this celebrity pointless in 10 years <laughs> do I know sorry Cal we've, we've set you up for the fall here we've put the best anecdote out and now you're going to have to try and follow I don't really I, I, my, my story I tell people which isn't a very like I'm cool story is that not the last time we were coming back from Nashville but the time before uh, basically we got norovirus when we were travelling back what's that? It's just like a very, sick bug very like, bad sick bug. And then essentially I was just puking for 28 hours. I puked on Robbie twice. <laughs> on uh, a plane. Robbie, Robbie puked on an ex-army vet. Oh. Um, I missed my plane. I passed out at security, like passport security. I was sick everywhere. Um, somebody moved away from me on the train home because I smelt that bad. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's yeah. not really much of a cool anecdote. It's just, but it is a good story. It's a funny story. It's a good story. Yeah. My my an my interesting other... one to end the podcast on. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> I've I've got what I've got one my favorite tour story. If we have time for one more. <sighs> do we? Do we have time? Is, uh, do yeah. We, do go... For so, going back to my old flatmate Hamish Penman, who's in that video being very sarcastic, came. Is was he at the Aberdeen show? He was at the Aberdeen show. Is yeah. that the the very? I was gonna say big guy he's the very limmy englishman who is in like throws his limbs about at gigs and yeah, jumping yeah. about yeah that was that yeah was i was him. next to him yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so he came i think it was maybe after that show and he came to inverness with us as well um to do merch in theory he got very drunk and was sick and didn't sell any merch um <laughs> but like we we lost him and then got a message from him saying come hither and like that was the only <laughs> communication we had from him finally found him he got obnoxiously massively drunk and then we went for breakfast the next day at this like really really nice cafe in Inverness and we're sitting down there and it's like really low tables quite high chairs and we're sitting and I think it was our band Hamish just looked across the table and just saw that Hamish had this massive rip and his trousers and these massively baggy boxers on and his balls were just resting on this leather couch he's like Hamish Hamish and he looked down and then I looked around and we're just like 
it's just families because it was a Saturday morning and just like young people everywhere. I was like, oh my God, get me out. And that was the last. Sorry about that. Sorry, that was, that was a bit embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> what a boy. And if you want to see Hamish, she'll be on tour with Dance on Table. <laughs> with working trousers. <laughs> oh, no, thank you very much for doing this. No, thank you for having It was good. I, I, I enjoyed that chat. Yeah, it was nice. A lot of fun. But yeah, cheers. Yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs> Do you want to say goodbye? Bye, Bye. driver. <laughs>